A good conversation can shift the direction of change forever. Would you leave it to chance? Join the authors of Design to Change and explore this series of conversations with designers and event owners. Driven by the need and conversations with event owners and event designers who use the event canvas around the world, this series explores the depths of conversations to elevate your abilities to look and act beyond the now. Episodes are hosted by Rude Janssen, Rul Friesen, Dennis Lehrer, and Paul Rukens, with illustrious changemakers, designers, and pioneers in the field of design and beyond. To explore these conversations and additional content, visit designtochange.online. For now, let's start the conversation. Conversation. All right, here we are at IMAX America. My name is Rudy Janssen from the Event Design Collective. And with me in the podcast studio is Mark Cooper, the CEO of IACC, the International Association of Conference Centers. Welcome, Mark. Thank you, Rudy. Delighted to be with you today. Yeah. Tell me about um, uh, IMAX America. You've been involved with IMAX, I suppose, a number of years. You, 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 you know the show in Frankfurt, you know the no, uh, show here in Vegas. What's the atmosphere like here? Well, you're absolutely right, and I'm going to age myself here, but I think this is probably my 10th um, IMAX Americas. And, um, well, all I would say is this year feels very, very different to last year. Last year was full of um, discussion and optimism around the recovery. Mm -hmm. This year just feels like we're back to business. And so I'm thrilled that this feels like IMAX 2019, IMAX 2018, and we are just back doing business, doing what, you know, we're good at. Yeah. So um, when things like IMAX happen, which is a three-day event, uh, you know, uh, here in the middle of October of 2022, for those that might be listening to this maybe five or ten years down the line, sketch the, sketch the work that you do at IAC and, and how is it relevant to the events industry? How do, how do people position the work that the, the IACC does? Ooh, now that's a big question, and um, and I suppose I can layer that against you know the whole reason why we come to events like I, like IMEX, and that is that IAC is a a community of entrepreneurial venue operators that want to get together and learn from each other. So they they don't come into uh, the community of IAC because they want to win business. They don't come in you know from a training perspective or uh, an auditing perspective. They are here to learn from each other. And that's exactly what we're doing this week at IMEX, or what it feels like we're doing, which is you know, bettering the industry, bettering ourselves personally through interaction. And that's what IAC does. It's an incredibly open, global association of industry um, and conference venue operators uh, that come together to learn from each other and keep that distance between your generalist meeting venues and those that I'd call, you know, that top 1%, those meeting venues that really know all of the elements that it takes to create a great meetings experience, from the facilities, from the food and beverage, from just the environment that we put attendees in. That's that's the collection of um, great leaders that we have around the globe, yeah. and they, they come to our events for that reason. So, um, this also begs the question, as the CEO of this organization, you are an event owner. I remember yesterday we were speaking briefly about a recent event that you held. Um, right. How does it feel to be an event owner? 
Well, of course, whenever you put an event together for event organisers, um, you know, it, 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 it elevates the importance of doing something. You know, it's harder to impress, I would say. And you're right, we came away from our knowledge exchange in Europe. That's the, that's the headline for the European chapter and your conference. You know, the whole idea and concept that we were talking about in terms of exchanging ideas, that's how the festival takes place. Um, this year, we actually ran an in-person conference in 2021, mm -hmm. uh, both in the Americas and Europe, and so we were, we were pretty committed to still doing it. It was very different. This year, we brought everybody back in Amsterdam in October and prior to that in Las Vegas, here in Las Vegas at the end of May at our member property, the Park MGM, and it did resonate with me and the attendees just how important it was to get everyone back into one room and together for two days um, as much as we you know adapted in 21 and we did multi-location conferences we you know we were in Dallas Chicago Toronto and Delaware last year you know with 40 50 people in each room connecting them via technology it's not the same as getting everybody together in one destination. Um, we're just incredibly open. So um, I'm, I'm pleased that you know, when we do bring them together that we push the boundaries. Um, our members are pretty accepting of us pushing the boundaries and taking risks where maybe a normal, you know, a, another association or another corporate entity putting on a meeting may do things a little more safely let's say because you know they, they you know their role is not to, not to push those boundaries yeah. do you feel like um, I mean how comfortable or uncomfortable is the role of event owner now versus maybe 2018 or 19 <laughs> uncomfortable is not the word I'd probably use um, uh, it, it feels very diff it feels more complicated okay um, and, and what I mean by that is that I think all of the reasons for coming together are still there. But um, what I would say is what's shifted in our own events has been the, um, you know, the, the, the allocation of, of space. Um, you know, how we've segmented the two or three days mm -hmm. where, where you used to have discussions around a social element and separately around the education and then separately around your know, food and beverage they've all become a lot more interwoven with each other and so it's not so straightforward and the example I would give is that you know we talk about the importance of the social element of conferences I'd say it's gone from probably 25% of, of our program is a so, social networking team type in you know environment that we put people in um, to more like 40% now okay. and I don't think we if we'd have done that deliberately in 2018 and 19 I don't think it would have gone down well okay. uh, I think we would have been challenged on our educational content but now it seems to be a critical way to get conversations happening and a very accepted way to do it yeah. so I still think the educational element is in there yeah. it's just more complicated because we're learning stuff as we're doing stuff with people and creating experiences yeah. so on the shoulders of an event planner an event organizer somebody who has the responsibility of getting that balance just right I would say watch very carefully now what's 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 happening be listening super super hard um, you know and seeing whether you're getting that balance right with your attendees and just keep adjusting it as we yeah. as yeah. we uh, you know come back and see what happens in 22 23 24 but I think we'll continue to continue to adjust yeah. from a perspective of um, 
we were right by the inspiration up here. Um, a trade show with learning connected to it. Smart Monday happening the day before. No trade show open, just build up of the trade show. What, um, what have you seen change in the IMAX America space in the last 10 years? Because you mentioned you've been here in this space for 10 years. Uh, you described the last two, three years where you said, okay, obviously that, that was a big change and it was online. And last year was about, you know, like we're happy to reconnect. This year it's back to business almost. How is that different from 10 years ago when IMAX America started? That's a good question. Now you're asking me to think back 10 years, Rude, and that's a challenge in any walk Isn't of life. It? But yeah. um, again, if I think back to the trade show that was, the, um, the education felt a little bit more regulated mm -hmm. um, in the sense of, you know, it, it, was, it was valuable. Whereas now the education just feels a little bit more prov provocative, more, you know, challenging you um, and I was here in the inspiration hub uh, and I was part of the education on Smart Monday mm -hmm. where actually we went into a room challenging meeting professionals and venue operators saying you know if you feel that social responsibility in the environment is critical to the survival of our industry then why are you not judging venues uh, based upon those credentials yes. because you know, we, we asked 70 meeting professionals to put their hand up if they had any elements of environmental yeah. or social um, requirements in their RFPs. Four people put their hands up. And that is typical across all of the research and surveys that we're doing. Yeah. We're just not asking for it, but then we talk a great story to say it's important. So coming back to your original point, I, I feel very comfortable today and probably wouldn't have done 10 years ago going into an educational environment and challenging the audience, mm -hmm. challenging them to think differently, challenging them to do things differently, and they're not all walking out feeling uncomfortable. In fact, quite the opposite. We're seeing them walking in even 10 minutes before the end. So yeah. I think we've all become a lot more comfortable realizing that we're here to challenge ourselves mm -hmm. and to improve ourselves. And, you know, um, mediocre speakers and educational content and stuff that you get online, there's no place for it today in yeah. an IMAX. No. So it's become much more of a conversational place. Uh, just before, right. yeah, just just before you, we had Ida Özden on the um, on the podcast. Um, before that, uh, David Adler from Bizbash and Karina Barrow yeah. was here yesterday. Dale Hudson. Very bright people, all of them. What's fascinating to see is that their observation was quite similar in terms of um, we are driving a more challenging agenda. Uh, we need to challenge ourselves more. Uh, the goodness doesn't just come out of the happy middle where everybody agrees with each other under a blanket of, uh, you know, uh, sugar-coated uh, niceness. Um, and I think, you know, just in the debate we did yesterday about simplicity or complicity around a number of these topics that you're addressing, the debate format is something that's now in, in, in place. Yes. Uh, the conversations are getting more sharp, and I think the space to let it a little bit looser and organically also organize on site, depending on what pops up. And having the space to have those conversations is something that's happening more and more. And I'm, I think it's a good thing that we can have focused conversations in a very big audio bubble, right? There's yeah. 13,000 people here in this hall at Mandalay Bay Convention Center in yes. Las Vegas. Yet we are also able to have very close one-on-one -on -one conversations here in this podcast, for instance. So technology does help focus well, if applied correctly. I and I agree with everything you just said there, Rude. What I would also say is that, you know, the question and the narrative some in the past two years has maybe been 
the wrong question that we've been asking. We've been asking ourselves whether um, whether Zoom and whether remote um, connection is going to replace live. Mm -hmm. But I think we were asking the wrong question. What you've just described there is what I'd say is a digitally charged live meeting. Yeah. And, and you know, it's okay to be digital and live. In fact, it's probably more effective. So it isn't one or the other. Yeah. The other point I would make as well is that, yes, it's very easy to challenge ourselves around areas like, you know, where, where the environment is involved. How do we avoid ourselves being labeled like the tobacco companies were in the past as yeah. an industry? You know, we don't want that label. But then also, I think this environment and that type of learning environment that you just described, it's equally relevant when we're looking about creativity and you know innovation in the industry as well so let's challenge ourselves to you know do things differently and we probably have come into 2022 and back to IMEX live you know with a mindset of actually if we put our heads together then anything's possible yeah. you know the you know the last two years have taught us that and we just need to carry that thinking on into creating these environments for attendees where the experience is richer than it ever was before yeah. and the question never comes back in terms of the value of you know in person yeah. even if those meetings and conferences now are, are smaller um, and I you know we're seeing that within IAC's membership you know IAC well you know we represent venues and hotels and conference centers that deal with groups of less than 100 the majority of the time yeah. and often only groups of 10 and 20 mm -hmm. and we a lot of the incoming new business that we're seeing in Europe and the Americas now were events that sat in the higher hundreds mm -hmm. and now have been gone from global to national or national to regional mm -hmm. and we think that's an interesting dynamic that we're seeing probably linked to the decentralization of of our offices yeah. as well yeah. um, but also the fact that we've learned that smaller groups can have richer deeper conversations and more yeah. connections can take place so mm -hmm. um, it's probably why most of our venues in continental Europe and the Americas are uh, running at really hot capacities at the moment. Yeah. Well, I think that's good news after a distressing two years. It, it is right? good news, right? It yeah, it's what we're news. waiting yeah. for. Yeah. Um, what, what other news have you shared from your organization? Because yesterday you had a big announcement uh, that you were making. What are some of the big things happening at IAC right now that people might want to be knowing about? Uh, you're, you're right. We chose this platform, you know, side by side with a very long-standing um, partner of ours, MPI, globally, where IAC for seven years have, you know, really brought together that what what I term as the, you know, an organisation that represents the top, you know, top meeting professional community, and we represent the, you know, the top one percent of meetings-focused venues. Yeah. So and. And so we announced yesterday with MPI that we were taking that up a notch more. And um, around our initiative of IX Meeting Room of the Future, mm -hmm. which is now in its seventh year of that annual report, mm -hmm. even though we did three reports this year because the industry was just moving so fast, so fast yeah. um, we, will, we will take our first meeting uh, professional focus survey and trends report um, that we've done since 2019 into a publication at um, the World Education Congress in Mexico, uh, Riviera next June. And we will actually deconstruct the meeting room of the future elements and we will be providing education at MPI's flagship uh, annual conference yep. um, in, in, you know, in, in an in engaging and different learning capacity. So yep. um, we're, we're really you know, thrilled that MPI 
see that the innovation that happens in the smaller venues yeah. is something yeah. that they want to champion. Yeah. Um, they're opening yeah. their doors and letting IAC do it, do its stuff. So I'm excited like, for that. Yeah, I like I like that a lot. Um, if people would access the, it, it, is the access to the um, to the report that you're mentioning already available for our listeners? Maybe that they can see the past seven reports, or because I think that might be relevant to add to the notes, and people could glance at it. Yeah, uh, there is a lot of information that sits within IAC's meeting room of the future page on iacmeetings.com, yeah. including our August report, <laughs> our barometer report, and then in the second week of November we will have our next. Uh, barometer report. So that's a final 2022 report and these again are, are looking at innovation and creativity but also picking up at, uh, on the organizational trends. Yeah. Um, you know, why are the dynamics and the sizes and of meetings changing? What What's causing that so that meeting professionals or venue operators can take that narrative, take that data um, and interpret it as they need to to drive their own businesses. So, yeah, IAC Meeting Room of the Future reports are readily available to download on the iacmeetings.com website. So for the event designer community listening to this podcast, uh, very relevant information to have a look at that as well, to know what's shifting in that marketplace. Um, after you, we will have Drew Holmgren on our on our podcast um, from yep. MPI, so it's nice to make Another these connections mind. Back, back and forth. Um, uh, Drew is one of our certified event designers who... Um, actually, now we're working on the uh, event design of the World Education Congress 2027. So we're pushing the agenda a little bit further ahead to look at destination unknown. Uh, it's not yet known where that's happening. MPI has adopted the Event Canvas methodology to design its World Education Congress and European Meetings and Events Conference. So it's exciting to see how these worlds are also always clicking together and interacting. And I, uh, I for one, am very encouraged by the fact that there's more research of change over time because the more you document and write things down and think about the future and then see the future evolve, the more you can see whether these things align or change over time. Well, that and also the fact that you know, connected intelligence is the one way that we as an industry head in a direction as a movement yep. rather than independently and so you know I, I applaud MPI as a much larger association in our industry working with my association and my community which is reasonably niche mm -hmm. but recognizing that actually you know rather than reinventing the wheel each time and, and trying to own a concept like meeting room of the future interconnected intelligence is a far better way and um, you know and so I, I encourage other associations and other meeting professionals to think more about being a part of a movement as opposed to being a part of just an association yeah. well, I like that a lot Mark um, you've stated what your horizon of change is looking like for this next period uh, may we call on you again next year year plus one as we like to call it on this podcast because sometimes change feels like it's very slow year day on day um, <laughs> but yet if you look at a year and we look back at you know our conversation today and maybe next year's conversation would you accept the challenge to have that conversation with us oh 100 percent rude challenge awesome. accepted uh, i'll be here for year 11 and it would be great for us to reflect on you know on what we just talked about um you know and see whether that has come to light and whether we're still in this continual change cycle which i have a feeling we probably would but yeah. i'd be thrilled to be here next year i've got a pretty good feeling that's going to be the case too yeah. Uh, let's make sure we also talk in between. It's not just about the podcast, but thank you for your time today uh, here at IMAX America, 13th of October, 2022, uh, being on our podcast and sharing what's happening at IAC. Thank you, Mark Cooper. Absolute pleasure, Ruth. Thank you.
this has been another episode of the Design to Change Designer Conversation Series. Explore these conversations and additional content at designtochange.online. Want more right now? Tune into the backstage episode of this conversation and hear what the experts discuss offstage. 